Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. You know, we, we just got back from a two-day retreat in San Diego with our um, senior leadership team. And you know it's a really awesome place when you actually love the people that you work with, like genuinely love the people. I've been a part of a lot of teams um, over the past eight years, and this has by far been the most fun um, and most authentic team that I've been able to be a part of that really encompasses family. So I hope that blesses you guys as you come here and you just kind of experience what we experience on a Sunday morning. That's just life with Jesse and Jessica and Gus and Kate and Stone and Chris and Josie. They're just, they're awesome. I just truly like them. I don't just say that because I have to. I really like them. I really, I really love them. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. As Jesse mentioned, my name is Nicole. If I've not yet met you, I would love to meet you. I'm one of the associate pastors here. Yes, I am very pregnant. Someone asked me in the restroom, they said, oh, you're still here. I'm like, yeah, I'm still here, barely making it, you know. Four more weeks, four more weeks. I know, I was telling my girlfriend, I said, gosh, you know, I really feel like this baby's gonna come early. I, I can't imagine I have to go four more weeks. And she laughed at me and in a really kind, sweet voice, she said, every pregnant person says that towards the end of their pregnancy. You'll probably be a week late. <laughs> Thank you, but then Chris prayed for the date that I'm gonna deliver, so I'm just believing for that one right there. I've actually been super blessed just with this team and being able to um, have the air pumped up really high in our staff meetings. The guys are like shivering, and I'm like, woo, I'm sweating, is the air on in this place? And they're all freezing, and the same, with, same this weekend on our retreat, I was like, going to turn it down the air and Jess would go back and turn it back up and I'd sneak over there and turn it back down. She's like, is someone, wait, what happened? I lowered it. We can't see you. Oh, didn't you just see me? Okay. Um, but I'm just like always sweaty. So anyways, that's just a little bit about, about me. Welcome to Presence OCE. <laughs> I'm super, super pumped for this morning. Chris um, launched us in the book of John last week. Who was here for that? Who is like so amazed by his teaching? He's awesome. Hey, if you missed it, it's online, presenceoc.org. It's a podcast. Hopefully we'll get video in the future, but if you missed it, if you wanna share it with someone, um, you can just copy that link and send it to them. Be sure to listen to it. It was really, really awesome. And so this morning, I'm gonna continue in the book of John in chapter two. Um, if you will, go ahead and flip there with me. I'm, I'm really excited about chapter two because I feel like if you've been a Christian for more than 10 minutes, um, you've probably heard the story of Jesus turning water into wine. In fact, all my non-believing friends, this is like the one story they got down. You know, they're like, hey, your Jesus turned water into wine, so I'm cool. So you've probably heard this story before but I'm super pumped about it because I really feel like there is a significant importance to this chapter. I feel like I know that it is more than just turning water into wine. And I feel like it is extremely symbolic. There's so much symbolism just in scripture, period. But in this, the first 11 verses here uh, that I'm gonna try and break down for us. But it is so great for us to enter into this place before we even read this, that it is more than just about Jesus turning water into wine. So if you will, chapter two, I'm just gonna read the first 11 verses here. In front of my mouth. Like this. 
I really like my hands to be free, so I love the Britney Spears mic, but sometimes it's like, it gets out of control. Keep me updated. Can you hear me? Yeah. What about now? Ooh, they're in. Ooh, okay. All right. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they do not have any wine. What has this concern of yours to do with me, woman? Jesus asked. My hour has not yet come. Do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servants. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief servant. And they did. When the chief servant tasted the water after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the groom and told him, everyone sets out the fine wine first. Then after people have drunk freely, the inferior, but you have kept the fine wine until now. Jesus performed this first sign in Cana of Galilee. He displayed his glory. Everybody say glory. glory. He displayed his glory and his disciples believed. Now, something that we should know in a few more chapters in John 20, John says this. He says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, but not all of them are written down. However, I have written these miracles and signs are kind of two in one in the book of John. However, these have been written down so that you may believe in the Messiah. So let me pause for a second here. There were other miracles and signs that had happened. John says this in John 20. But for whatever reason, these seven miracle signs are documented, are written down here by John because he believes they are so important for us to come to know the Messiah. And so when you think about Jesus turning water into wine, it could easily just be like, oh, that was cool. I mean, let's be honest. If we've been a part of a lot of healings, if we've seen a lot of miracles, you might list like your most extravagant ones in the beginning, like raising somebody from the dead. I'm gonna start with that one. <laughs> Healing the blind, I might start with that one. But why, why? turning water into wine. Why does John feel the significance of sharing that one first? Except that is for a specific purpose of what the kingdom of God looks like. All the miracles and signs, they always point back to the deity of Jesus, but there's a specific purpose to why John puts this one first. Weddings in Jewish culture would last a week, seven or eight days. Ladies, can y'all imagine planning that? Like the rehearsal dinner and the day of my wedding was enough and I had 11 months. But I mean, they go for like seven or eight days. Like it is a full on festivity. There is feasting and lots of wine and lots of partying and they don't stop. And I would probably be exhausted by my, my final wedding day but it lasted for an entire week. And it, to run out of wine is like one of the biggest disgraces on the groom in Jewish culture. 
because they would just party. I mean, can you imagine like if you've had a dinner party, you've had people over for dinner and you didn't cook enough food? My husband always says, you always cook more than enough. We, we cooked um, dinner for eight of us this weekend and I thought that I bought enough groceries and I didn't. So we went back out again and then we had too much food, but you never wanna run out of food when you have guests over. And in the same way in Jewish culture, to run out of wine was like a big no-no on the groom's family. And so they don't wait until the wine is getting low. For whatever reason, we just read that the wine has run out. And so Mary, who some think was probably an aunt, an aunt, however y'all say that, to the groom, says to Jesus, the wine has run out. And so his response is, what's that have to do with me, woman? Now, something you should also know is woman translated in English and the way that he was phrasing it was not disrespectful. Actually, it was a, a term of endearment. I, uh, a few years ago, I, I was in youth ministry and we were going through the book of John and I got a phone call from a mom. She said, oh, Nicole, I just love you guys. Um, love that you guys are going through the book of John. My son's learning so much information. He's really starting to memorize scripture. I'm like, that's awesome. Yay, God. She says, but I think you're gonna need to have a talk with him because he's starting to use scripture in the wrong way. And I said, oh, okay, like, what do, you, what do you mean? She said, well, the other night, my husband and I asked him to take out the trash. And he said, my time has not come, woman. <laughs> I said, well, I'll be sure to go over that on Sunday, my bad. <laughs> but in, the, in this way, in the way that Jesus is saying it, I know all the parents are like, oh gosh. In the way that Jesus is saying it, it's actually a form of, in, of endearment. But he's saying, my time has not yet come. Why are you bringing this concern to me? And in the book of John, we see my hour has not yet come seven times. And so you wonder, well, what the heck does that mean? My hour has not yet come. And there's two areas of thought. And the first is that the hour in which he's speaking of is his death, burial, and resurrection where all glory will be given to the Father. That's his hour. That's the hour that he speaks of throughout the book of John seven times. And normally when someone has asked him to do something, my hour has not yet come. He tells the disciples, my hour has not yet come. The other thought is that Jesus's relationship with the Father is so connected and so abiding in one another that the Father has not yet told him to go ahead and make wine. My hour has not yet come. My, my dad has not told me to do that yet. And see, Mary, she knows her son is special, but she, she doesn't know what he's capable of. She doesn't know if he's gonna go borrow wine from someone in the nearby village or what he's gonna do, but she trusts that he's gonna do something, that he's gonna take care of the problem, of a very, very embarrassing problem. And what a cool picture of what it looks like to have relationship with our dad, with our heavenly father. Because as powerful people, I mean, this is a room full of amazing, powerful, awesome, awesome people. It, we can easily just make decisions on our own. We can easily just say, oh, I can do this. I'm capable of doing that. But what Jesus exemplifies right here is that he's waiting for his father to let him know that's what he should do. So how cool for us 
to have that relationship with our papa. I remember several years ago, I met this guy named Tim. And Tim was a really interesting guy. He dressed kind of funky, uh, but he would come and he would visit me where I worked. And he actually introduced me to the prophetic. He would take me out um, and, and prophesy over people and um, he would share testimonies with me all the time. He was really rad. I, I call him my angel. I tell him, I don't know where he is now. I can't find him on Facebook. I think he was an angel. But he, every time we would go out to prophesy over people, people would approach us. And it was really interesting because, like I said, this guy, I mean, he didn't dress super nice. He didn't dress super weird. He just, he just kind of had a normal getup. But people would like come up and, and comment on his ball cap. They'd comment on his tennis shoes or his shirt. And it was like the weirdest thing. I'll be looking real cute sometimes and they'd comment on like his t-shirt. I'm like, what is it about his t-shirt that they are so drawn to? And so one day after we, we came back, I said, hey, Tim, I said, is it weird to you that people always come up to you about your clothing? And he kind of laughed and he said, no. Like, well, why? Because you don't dress that good, I don't understand. <laughs> And he said, well, a few years ago, I actually started praying um, specifically in the morning about what I should wear. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't spend hours on my bed in the morning like praying, oh God, what shirt should I put on? He said, but when I'm getting out of bed and I'm going to get dressed, he goes, I'll just say, "Ah, okay, dad, what do you want me to wear today? And he said, sometimes I'll find tennis shoes I thought I lost or I'll find a t-shirt I haven't seen in months or I'll just be highlighted to something in my closet. And he says, because I, I partner with my dad, people actually come to me. And I know that I'm supposed to share the gospel with them. And I can't, I mean, we saw so many people healed. We saw so many, we, we prophesied of so many drunk people in this area where I worked. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And they would come to him because of his ball cap. And I thought it was the most bizarre thing until he explained it to me. And I remember that like really changing my life in such a profound way that, that he would believe that God actually cares about the little things, about what he's wearing. And so I, I've tried to make it a habit anytime someone compliments me on my clothes or mentions something about whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to share the gospel with them. Starbucks coffee lines have looked real fun in my, in my past. But God cares because you're gonna draw people to you based on the glory and the anointing that you carry. And even if that's with a t-shirt, and even if that's with your shoes, I mean, God, God really cares about that. One of the things that I just love about chapter two, the verse that I'm just like, man, it just kept hitting me over and over again was verse seven, when Jesus says, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Everybody say to the brim. To the brim. These jars, I wish I, wish I had a photo, I should have, I should have, brought one, but these jars held 20 to 30 gallons of liquid. And there were six of them. And I did the math because I'm not real good on the spot with math. That's 120 to 180 gallons of wine. Now, he could have been like, we're going to have a last call. Give everybody enough to put in their cup. And this is the last call of the party. He could have said, just, you know, fill them up halfway or just give them just enough but instead, it says that the servants filled the jars to the brim. These ordinary jars to the brim. 
And how true is it of our dad? He just takes the ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. He just fills it to the brim. He just fills our lives to the brim, our spirits to the brim. And then catch this in verse 11. If you have a highlighter, a marker, some lipstick, you're gonna wanna circle this one. Verse 11, Jesus performed this first sign in Cana of Galilee. He displayed his glory. He displayed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Here is a free, full outpouring of his glory because these jars had been filled to the brim. A free, full outpouring because they had been filled to the brim. And you know, it's not like the entire party or the city or whomever was at this wedding got saved. No, 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 it was those in the kitchen with Jesus. It was those that filled the jars. It was those that saw that says, then the disciples believed. His glory was displayed through the filling of these jars. Y'all know the verse that says, I have come so they may have life and life abundantly. I am, I am a standing, walking declaration to you this morning that our God, that my Jesus is in the business of abundance. And if abundance rubs you the wrong way, you have the wrong idea of what abundance looks like in the kingdom of God. Because abundance in my God's kingdom looks like you being filled to the brim. Not running out, not having just enough. Jesus doesn't give us just enough. I've heard sermons, he just give you just enough. No, he will outpour, he will overflow. He will fill you to the brim. Because it's not just about us. It's not about us just getting by. It's not about us having enough. It is about the outpouring, the overflow of the living water that affects everyone and everything around us so that everywhere we go, we are just a dripping living water fountain. Amen? Oh yeah, that was good. (laughs) It's interesting that the outpouring of his glory is done with wine. It is interesting that the outpouring of his glory is the first sign that John is like, for you to believe, I need you to understand abundance. For you to believe, I need you to understand what it looks like to be filled to the brim, to just be bursting with 120 to 180 gallons of the living water that has now turned into an abundant party. All throughout scripture, we, we read how, um, especially in Jewish culture, but the, the wedding festivities actually mirrored what the kingdom of God looked like. You've probably read, I think, um, I wrote down in Isaiah somewhere, talks about um, the kingdom of God looking like a wedding party. How fun is that? I love having parties. I love celebrating people and it's a Monday. Let's have a Monday party. You know, like I'm all about a party. And I realized like, why do I love parties so much? Oh, because that's what the kingdom of God looks like. So I'm like, it's okay. I'm I'm allowed to, to have parties and to celebrate every little thing in my life. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who by the power at work within us, within us, everybody say within us. within us. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ever ask or imagine. To him be the glory. There is something about the abundance within us that brings him glory. 
the abundance that we carry and that we have brings him glory. Ephesians just, yeah, just rocks that. Ephesians 3.20, write that one down. It's a good one. See, we're actually supposed to be walking around feeling filled to the brim because we carry the living water within us. And everything that Jesus touches, whether it's natural or whatnot, turns into the supernatural just like that. Maybe it's a relationship in your life. Maybe it's your personal journey. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your fill in the blank. God touches it and it turns from the natural to the supernatural because he wants you to walk around with the outpouring of him inside of you. We were never meant to be contained. We are an all-consuming fire. (laughs) That's a good one. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that he touches in the natural turns to supernatural. Every relationship that we bring before him. Every job that we have, every place that we go, everything that we wear, which looks natural, turns to the supernatural. You wanna know what the key to activating God's power in your life is? Listening to the Lord and walking in the ways the word says you should, abundantly, abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. Abundantly. I love John too. I love that he takes just the trivial of wine and he uses it to display his glory, not the raising of the dead, not the the healing of the blind, though that happens and though it does display his glory, that John finds it so radically important that the outpouring of his spirit, that the outpouring of the living water within us is the first one that should be documented, that should be written down so that we would believe in the Messiah. I think abundance is really important in the kingdom of God. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, I know sometimes people get this weird thing with this idea of abundance because the only thing we think of is money. But abundance is so much more. Yes. Abundance is knowing that you are a son or a daughter that walks around with the living water. That rhymed, that was cool. I want this church, I want this community to just be outpours of his glory. You probably know a lot of believers. I know a lot of Christians. But man, when you know a Christian that just everywhere they go, they just pour out just the glory of God. And that when you get around them, you just seem happy. You feel like you don't had four glasses of wine yourself. Like when you get around them, you're like, something is different. Like people start to get saved. People start to come to know the Lord. When you get around these people, those are the people that understand the abundance of the living water. Those are the people that I want this church to look like. And y'all already doing a great job. But I want us to be overflowers of his glory. And I really felt this morning, well, I felt this week as I was thinking about John 2, just being filled to the brim, just overflowers, abundance, all these beautiful things. And I just kept hearing, filled to the brim, overflow. Filled to the brim, overflow. Filled to the brim, overflow. And I know that probably many of you have been baptized and you're probably baptized by water. 
And, and scripture says that at the time of baptism, we're given the Holy Spirit. But I just kept hearing, filled to the brim, overflow, filled to the brim, overflow. And I thought, what does that look like, God? And I felt like over the past couple days, he just wants you to realize that you are actually filled to the brim, that you've not run out, that you've not run dry, that you don't have just enough to get by, but you have been filled to the brim in order that you may overflow in all areas of your life. And so I wanna just do something a little different this morning. For those of you that maybe felt um, just God, maybe you felt something in your body, maybe you felt like, oh, I, I want that. I'm gonna have our, our prayer team come up in a minute and, and just pray over people that just want to feel filled to the brim, want to be reminded, want refocus of what it looks like. Because if I'm honest, we get tired, we forget. It's not that we've lost it. It's not that he's not in us anymore. It's not that we're not capable. I mean, Paul, you think about Paul in all of his writings, he talks about joy and peace and abundance every time he writes. And what were his circumstances? He was normally writing in some really crappy times. You know what I mean? His circumstances did not dictate or determine the joy and the overflow in his life. And sometimes we just need a refocus. Sometimes we just need a reminder. If we're gonna be carriers of the living water and overflowers of his glory, sometimes we just need to be reminded that we have that. That we are these natural jars that when God touches us, turns supernatural. And so the, the, I'm gonna call it two different groups. The first group, if while I was speaking, the Lord was touching you, and speaking to you about the overflow, I want you to stand. Speaking to you about the overflow of his spirit and what that looks like and being filled to the brim. We all always want more. If you wanna be filled to the brim, if God was speaking to you directly during that message, this is not about what I said, this is about what God was saying to you while you were just being reminded. I wanna pray for you specifically first. If you will, just hold your hands out in a, in a posture of receiving. Papa, I just thank you for these people. <laughs> God, I just thank you that these are sons and daughters who want to overflow your glory, God. God, I just thank you that every place that these people go, Father, that you are just gonna outpour your spirit to those all around them, Father. Yeah, God. God, I just thank you that you give us more, not just enough, Father. God, I just thank you for their boldness and standing and receiving, Father God, as even that can be hard. Yeah, God, would you just fill them to the brim right now, in Jesus' name, God, that they would fill the living water within them, Lord Jesus, that every place they go, God, they just couldn't help but to let others have a drink from the fountain that they are walking in, Lord. Yeah, God, I just thank you for them. In Jesus' name. 
The second group, and if you're on the prayer team, I want you to go ahead and start coming on up. The second group, I don't know if y'all realize, this is really important that we understand the glory in which we hold, the kingdom that we carry with us. The second group of people, if you just want more, period. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm I'm come on up. <laughs> if you just want more, or if you have not yet experienced what baptism, the Holy Spirit looks like. Maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but you don't quite understand what it looks like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've already been given Holy Spirit, who is our guider and our protector, our comforter. But maybe you've not yet understood what it looks like to be filled to the brim so that every place that you go, you look differently. I'm gonna have you stand. And actually, I'm gonna have our prayer team. Should you guys go to them? Or do you wanna stand here? Maybe just come at the end? Yeah? They're like, whatever you want, girl. Yeah, if that's you, just come on up to the front. Also, if you need healing for anything, we see, yeah, come on up, come on up. We see miraculous healings every single week. God does a lot. So if that's you also, we wanna have you come up. Yeah, I'm just gonna have y'all come up and have the prayer team pray over you. Yay, God, thank you. I'm just gonna close this out. Father, we just thank you, Jesus. God, just thank you for these people, Father. God, thank you for never leaving us dry. Father, thank you for always pointing us back to you. God, just pray for the filling up for every person in this room, even if they didn't stand. God, I just say, go get them, fill them up to the brim. Yeah, that they would just be full, full of your glory, God. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it's okay to feel a little like, ooh, because he turned water into wine, so that's fun. Thank you, Jesus, for all these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.